Today on Lyft, we're going to talk about what success looks like when you're involved in sports. How do you keep your team commitments a priority and also school, family, and church? Today, we've brought in Coach Chad Cole, the athletic director from Reedy High School in Frisco, Texas. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Oh, absolutely. Good morning. Um, I had previously, I've just, you know, been involved in athletics my whole life. And, uh, you know, so it was just natural um, to follow this as a profession. I played uh, a variety of sports growing up. Uh, football was one of my passions. I kind of followed it a little bit further than others. Um, was blessed to have opportunities in college and, you know, out of college thought that the real world was the place I needed to be <laughs> and uh, found out real quickly haf- after entering uh, that profession that that wasn't my calling. And, uh, you know, God set me aside. I was blessed to have uh, my high school coach call me one day out of the blue. And realistically, when I was in a not a very good situation um, career-wise and said, got a job for you, come on. And from that moment, it was like, yep, this is, this is what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. You know, the stresses that I had in the professional world of, you know, where's the next paycheck coming from, all of those things were removed and I could focus on um, my career moving forward. So that that story in and of itself told me I'm exactly where I needed to be. So um, I get to focus on young men now and not, you know, chasing a, a path or a dollar or something right. like that. So how long have you been in education? Uh, I think this is my 18th year. Nice. So yeah. Nice. You got to love it to yes, stay on yes, 18 years. Yes. <laughs> so we're going to kind of, you know, talk about different things. Um, what I why I asked you to come in is um, I've been in a few parent meetings with you. I mean, my son's only a sophomore, but every time I'm around you, I hear you talk about the whole child. You're not talking about the football player, but when you talk about these, I'm going to use the word boys because it's a football meeting that we're at, but in general, an athlete, you're talking about the whole person, not just, can you talk more about how you focus on the athletes that you work with? Sure. And, you know, I think that goes back to, to my experiences too, and my belief of, of what athletics can teach us um, in, in the real world. And, you know, our coaching staff uh, at Reedy and, and I believe our profession in general um, understands what athletics can bring to a person and, and what we're called to do and how to use athletics um, to grow a, a young person. So, you know, and especially given the society we're in today and how the trend is going more individualistic, you know, it's more individual driven, um, you know, it's just imperative for us to show these young people that, you know, it's a, it's a team game. Life is a team game. And so the experiences we get in athletics are as close as we can simulate real world, you know, practice and how to function in society and how, um, you know, to face adversity and overcome it. And, and who do I lean on? Who do I pull from? Where do I get my answers um, those to me are what, what sport teaches us, you know, and, and it's a, it's a soft version, right? Yes, it's, it, it gives us an opportunity to succeed or fail and then just 
a chance to hit the reset button and and start over. You know, for football, it's it's every week. For volleyball, it's twice a week. Basketball, it's twice a week. So, you know, there's so many teachable moments that come along uh, in this. So I don't know if I've confessed to you, but I I did not grow up playing sports. I was uh, a musician and in drama. I was that kid. I married a man of that's one of four boys, and they all played. So seeing and hearing his stories. So he played select soccer, and he was a basketball. I'm gonna use air quotes and say star. Love you, Dan. And um, but the lessons that he learned in that and the lessons that I'm seeing my kids learn in that are important. So let's kind of, so this podcast is for a wide variety of audiences. So let's start peewee. We didn't do peewee football. We did a lot of baseball when the kids were younger. What does success look like when your kid's playing a sport for the first time? Wow. Great question. And, um, you know, fortunately or unfortunately, everybody's got to define that, you know, for themselves. Um, from my chair, from my seat, watching where a high school athlete lands, uh-huh. um, I would hope that success for parents and families is, you know, in that first role. All right, we've started athletics. We've started um, team sports. Um, learn how to be coached, you know, learn how to work, to give effort, to uh, hold a schedule, you know, to maintain that schedule and and to be uh, conscious of time and, uh, you know, practice time and, and the commitments that are involved in that. And then being around teammates for the first time and how to function. And, and as a parent in the stands, you know, you're, you're watching your kid as he relates to teammates and as he gets coaching, right. I, I, to me, that's the, that's the first um, opportunity to see. And, and you know, I have a 9-year-old and 12-year-old, so I'm, I'm, I'm in this right now. And, right. and in my seat, it's so, it, just like any parent, but it's tough to not coach him. Right. But I think it's imperative that I not be the, the loud voice. He needs to be coached by somebody else. And those lessons need to be taught by someone else. Mm -hmm. The more people you have surrounding your kids, teaching them good lessons, the better it's going to be in the long run. Remember, one of our coaches, a soccer coach, would not let us yell the kid's name during a game. If you yelled your kid's name, that was their job. And that's why they were there. And they didn't want them to get distracted. And it was so hard at the beginning, like not like, you know, like, good job, you know. And but. It helped the team because the team knew who to listen to and who to look to. And during that, you know, period of time, that hour, it wasn't us. It was the coach that they needed to be focusing on and their team. So I remember one of my children who will remain unnamed was a catcher in um, baseball, loved, loved being a catcher. He'd get up every morning, put his catcher gear on, wear it all day. Like that was what he loved to do. And he pretty much played every game. He was a catcher. And then, you know, you got to let some other kids in. So he gets put in, I don't know, third base. Again, I, when anytime I talk sports, you're just going to laugh. But he stands out on the field and he crosses his arms. 
I have never been so angry at my child. It took every ounce of my being not to just go yank him off that field because that wasn't success in that moment, right? That was, I didn't get my way and I'm not going to help the team. Now we learned from that, you know, and recognized that the ball that fell at his feet and he just looked at it was not the proper. So I think that's what I've enjoyed watching about seeing my kids in sports is seeing them have to get over things and recognize it's not just about them, you know, and move on from that. So what does that look like in middle school? Let's say you have a kid playing middle school sports. What does success look like in that aspect? Do you think there's more pressure there? It, it, it starts, you know, it starts to uh, your, your teams, you know, in, in Little League, the joke now is, well, if you don't like what's going on, you just move teams, right? Absolutely. You know, and, and that's a terrible trend that because I see it, you know, I see it now and we do a great job in UIL, our, our governing body for, for Texas high school sports on keeping it, you know, straight and narrow and, and not allowing kids to transfer a bunch. But, um, you know, outside of that, you hear it all the time. And uh, just watching th that trend, it's it, it's bad. So coming into middle school is the first time where you're merging, you know, different elementary schools. You're merging different little league teams and different uh, what we call FFL teams, which is Frisco's football league. So every little league uh, football team. Um, outside of Frisco, you're merging. And uh, so now, you know, a, a player that had a lot of success may not be the, you know, the quote unquote stud anymore. Mm -hmm. And so that is an adaptation. And, and then you may be asked to play a different position because there's a void there that a, that a, a team member needs to fill. And so, so how do you how do you not coach your kid? Right. But help them through that transition. Well, going back to, you know, did you, did we develop some kind of work ethic and did we develop a, a desire to just compete and to get better and to look at everything with a, a glass half full mentality um, and understand that it's a team game? What is the end result? You know, what, what are you looking for? Are we looking for team success or are you looking for individual success? So, that's kind of that's that's, that's where you start. That's right. And and so, you know, for us to be successful, you're going to need to play a different position. You're going to need to go to offensive line because we only have four and it takes five to play. Are you right. interested in doing that? And are you going to have a good attitude about it and not saying that that's the end result forever? But for this year, this season, this is your role. Yeah. And uh, those roles can change all the time. We talk about, you know, embrace your role. Um, whatever that is, that might be running down on a kickoff team one time during the game, yeah. and then you're cheering your teammates on on the sideline. That's your role. You know, can you embrace that role and be good at it? Yeah. Uh, not everybody is is a starter, and and so as middle school, we, we start seeing that. And again, you know, our our vision in Frisco ISD is, you know. Everybody gets the opportunities, and and uh, in middle school we have A and B teams, and mm -hmm. and we spread that out, and everybody gets to play. And I always talk about it in our parent meetings. The freshman team, same way, A and B teams, a lot of playing time. When we get to the JV level, we're starting to head in different directions. You know, right. we may start focusing on one side of the football that you know your son is going to 
you know, play defense or your son's going to play offense. Not that they won't have time in the offseason to change positions, but there's just limited practice time during the season. And, uh, and then in the varsity, we're taking the best kids that uh, have established themselves and we're going to try to win ballgames. So it's, you know, it's a transition. And, and we want it to be a transition from from top to bottom, bottom to top. Yeah. So if you don't start on varsity ever, are you a successful player? I, I certainly hope so. You know, but but again, what lens are you viewing that through? Um, because I've had this conversation with a parent within the last week. I'm sure and, you have. And. You know, that, that's my question is I believe that the lessons that the non-starters are getting are the same lessons that the starters are getting because we're all going through this together. We're facing adversity. We're having to um, work hard. And, you know, the work is no different for a starter and a non-starter. Um, they're having to go through the exact same thing in practice, um, you know, listen to the character building lessons that are tied into practice. Um, they're going through the weight routines in the morning. They're having to get up early, be accountable, be on time. Yeah, so, I, I got to say your football schedule has changed my life drastically. <laughs> I no longer, I have lots of alarms yes. all the time. So, well, that's, I was talking to one of the students here and um, she plays volleyball and um, she's not a starter. And she used to be a starter and she had to adjust what success looked like. And success for her meant being a great teammate, meant being the best person on the bench to encourage her team and watch the game and all that kind of stuff. So one of the things that our family has been working on is balance. When you are involved in athletics, you're making a commitment. We're real big about that. Um, but how do you balance school, church, you know, sports? Um, I remember one team Dylan was on, we were practicing four nights a week and he was like eight. And I was just like, I, I just don't think, you know, we, where's the balance here? You know, so how do you advise parents to find the balance between life and sports? Yeah, great question. It 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 is a, it is a challenge because everybody wants the majority of your time, you know. And and in our family dynamic, it seems like that's the part that gets cut out, and and that's most important. And um, you know, the message we as parents send to our children is very: what are we valuing? Are we valuing a Sunday morning baseball tournament? Are we valuing? taking our, our family to church. And so, you know, again, a, a very individual question, but, um, you know, it's, it's where our priorities lie. There's always going to be, you know, a, a team and there's always going to be, um, opportunities to get pulled from your church time and from your family time. And, you know, we, we just try to talk about that. And, and I think the model that, that, you know, speaking personally for my family, the model that Abby and I can be for our children is, is big. And, you know, hey, we're going to go to church uh, Sunday morning instead of uh, practice. And, and uh, you know, we had that conversation with the, the Little League baseball coach 
you know, at the beginning of the year, what have you. Um, so, you know, there's no correct answer. And as busy as we're getting in, in our lives today, um, you know, it, it, there's no right answer. But, but I do know this from my seat, um, you know, the nine-year-old flag football game or the nine-year-old tackle football game, you know, I, I don't know how much correlation it has to, to what we're doing at the high school level. Right. So, right. you know, if they're having fun, fantastic, you know, but if it's a grind and it's too much for your family and it's too much for your uh, son or daughter, then it, it doesn't need to happen because it has, you know, very little application to, to their high school career. I, I always say, you know, puberty changes everything. And, and it's a game changer. So, you're, you know, we're talking about a completely different athlete at that little league level than, than we're dealing with at the high school level. That was some great advice. Somebody, um, one of our baseball coaches just said, you know, if he wants to play football, let him play. But he doesn't have to play since he was five to. And, you know, our kids didn't play football until they were in sixth grade. And they're doing just fine, you know, because they're coachable and because they work hard. And it had nothing to do with being trained up into who they are, you know? Absolutely. That's a great point. Uh, that's what we look for. And, and again, what are we establishing in that elementary and middle school? Whether it's on the recess, right. you know, playing four square, right. it, it doesn't matter where you get those lessons. As long as I've learned how to be coached, how to be a teammate, mm -hmm. man. Well, and I don't know if I would have, I might have jumped in. I'm not saying... Football at a young age is bad. Like, so hear that, everybody. But I I probably would have done it earlier just because that's what everybody was doing. But the advice from this man that said, just breathe. Like, you don't need to do everything. Like, it'll it'll come and they'll fall out where they fall out, you know? So I was um, at a game recently, and I'll leave the school name out and the age out. And just say I was at an event. Parents can be um, interesting in the stands. Um, at this particular game, the cops almost had to be called because they were so involved in looking at what their kids are. Um, what advice do you give the parents when it comes to being an example in the stands? I would, you know, we touched on this at the beginning of the podcast, but, um, you know, it, it's that time where you watch your son or daughter be coached and go through um, adversity and compete with someone else. You know, either you've had that time together, maybe you coach Little League or, or the advice you give at the dinner table, you know, in the car ride to and from, um, but this is not that time. Again, that's a distraction. And, you know, I always, as a parent, I worry about this because I see the implications it has, um, you know, on the players is, you know, what's too much? That's, that's too much. Um, and, you know, I know my children don't want to hear what they did wrong as soon as we get in the car. And they certainly don't want it screamed to them from the stands right. in the middle of a contest. Right. So, you know, just just think about the feelings 
of the players that are involved um, because that that has a lot to do with their love and their passion and how driven they are to just compete, you know. And success, again, you have to define that separately. That is about talent, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. The talent has a lot to do. You know, we're not talking about talent. Talent is a different topic. Uh, we're just talking about success and commitment and participation. Being, being a team. That's yeah. right, being on this team. Yeah. So I am a pastor, so I have to ask this question. Where does your faith life fall into when it comes to sports? Maybe not you personally, but maybe the athlete in general. How does faith play in? Does it? Is it important? Is it not? What do you think? I I think absolutely. I, you know, difficult for me being a Christian coach. Um, you know, I can remember teams I've been on um, and, and the players that uh, stood out and, and openly uh, professed their faith um, to God. And, you know, whether we were praying before the, the game, praying after, uh, praying for you, um, it, it just really, it, you know, it had an impact on me because I felt like we're supported. You know, our, our team is supported. So going back to that team aspect and um, going back to just what is my purpose in, in being a part of a team, um, I think, you know, having faith in God or, you know, even learning the examples of uh, adversity and, you know, having to be a part of something that's bigger than me. This is not an individual um, mission. This is something that I can't do by myself. Okay, so a, a team sport can teach you that. I can't, I can't do this by myself. And, uh, you know, I think having faith in God, man, that's a, that's a good answer is I can't, I can't go through this by myself. Where am I leaning? Where am I getting my support from? So, you know, as a Christian coach in a public setting, I, I don't vocalize that. I just hope that our example, our model uh, from our coaches' staff can show uh, our young men and women that— uh, it's okay. Yeah. You know, it's okay to have faith and it's okay to trust, um, to trust the leadership and to trust uh, the people that that are involved in, in leading you. Well, I want to talk about your uh, community aspect. One of the things that your team does is team dinners. So the varsity football team gets mixed up every week and goes to a different house and eats dinner. Um, I was telling one of the pastors on staff here that, and he said, how is your football team doing community better than us? And I was like, it, if I could afford to feed these boys every week, I would host every week. But this past week, they came to our house. Um, I think they ate 15 pounds of meat, by the way. But most polite guys. And before dinner, they prayed. I didn't tell them to pray. I didn't, you know, like, I don't even think half of them know what I do for a living. Right. That's just who these kids were. And they didn't just pray. They, they put their arms around each other at the table and really paused. And it was just seeing this image of community and faith with these young men. Because here's the thing. I think I've heard you say it before, but in my kids, what I want them to believe first and foremost is they're a child of God. And then other things are going to, right, fill in, right? You're a football player. You're a 
brother, you're a, you know, whatever. But if you start there, then when these other things might fall off, um, you can find, you know, you can be grounded that you're not doing this alone and find a different place in your team or find a different, you know, attitude with that. And so I appreciate how y'all do um, community. Um, did you know that these team dinners were so impactful? Well, obviously, the the meal that they get in and of itself, you know, is impactful. So just, you know, our parents being willing to to load them up, you know, with the energy that they'll need for tomorrow's contest is uh, that's special. And we're blessed to be in a in a place in a situation that, that we can do that. And and it's certainly a blessing uh, to some of our teammates that are less fortunate. Uh, so just that that nutritious meal is, is great. But yeah having those kids gather together in, in just fellowship and, and by you saying that, you know, they're, they're taking that seriously and, and are, uh, you know, I mean, there weren't phones out. There weren't, they were, they were just having fun. You know, I have a piano in our front room and, um, Noah, who just, it was his birthday this past week. So I'm like digging through my pantry, trying to find candles. I found out it was birthday. He was playing the piano. They were singing. I'm just, it was, it's just a great, um, it's a great opportunity for them to, again, be a team, you know, and every week a different group, you know, comes to the house and, or a house. And it's, it's just fun to see that community. So I appreciate the, the work that goes into all of that. Um, and just for the side note, my husband cooked all that meat. I didn't do a thing. I just smiled and showed up. Um, if a new parent, I ask everybody this at the end of a podcast, if a new parent, student or child was sitting in front of you today, so you have to pick one parent, student or younger child, what would you tell them about this topic? What do I pick first and foremost? <laughs> I, let's go with parent. All right. Okay. And, and, um, you know, let's talk about the situation that we're in, the society that we're swimming through right now and the, you know, the examples we see on TV, um, that are modeling probably not the best model of expectation for our, our young athletes. Um, we've got to help in that, you know, myself as a parent, I've got to be conscious of of not pushing the success of winning and losing too hard. That's that's not the end result. That shouldn't be the end result here. Um, it's the lessons that that athletics is teaching my child, and it's the examples and the teams that they've been on, and what kind of role did did my child take on in elementary school, in middle school, in high school, and what example are they? Are they a example that, yes, um, you know, God can be associated with our team. Um, I can be an example. We can pray. We can have faith. Um, and then, you know, think about the different number of teams your children have been on um, throughout the years. And did they take a leadership role in that? And has that expanded year to year and team to team? Mm -hmm. um, but just, you know, as a parent, that's what I'm teaching, right? That's what I'm, I'm talking about in the car. 
is, man, did you see little Johnny, you know, after you got a, a, a base hit and how excited he was for you? Right. You know, just really flipping the script of what society's pushing and taking that individual um, mindset out and trying to replace it with team and, and you know, service and trust. And uh, those, those are just the things that I see when a high school athlete lands, you know, on our campuses. Wow, the, you know, this kid has been an individual his whole life, and it's going to take a lot now for us to transform him, for us to change him and to mold him in the way that we want. You know, we want a team-first guy. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, that it's not going to be hard to go from team to individual. It's hard to go from individual to team. So um, that's what I see personally as a coach that I would want the parent working towards. Um, yeah, no, I think that's great. I've never thought about the individual, how hard that would be to switch it. And we do. We get so focused on our kids and there are, I mean, right, you should be, you're passionate about them. They're your children, but they're also part of a greater whole. They're part of a school. They're a part of a city. They're part of a society. And um, we got to prepare them for being a part of all of that, not just themselves. They are. And, you know, you, again, you transfer from team to team and league to league and in grade to grade. And, you know, I remember growing up in a small town, there wasn't as many opportunities. So you only had two, you know, right. soccer teams and you had four baseball teams and you're stuck, yeah. right? Hey, buy in. We're not going to be any good because we're not working hard enough. We're not going to transfer and there weren't levels of baseball teams. And, you know, this is it. So I have... In, in watching my children go through this now, it's it's just mind blowing sometimes that, well, this is not you know what we signed up for. We're going to go do something else, and and so then the parents, you know, because we've changed teams so many times, it's not about the team; it's about the individual. So I can see how their pattern can get focused on just the success of my son, the batting average, the the number of tackles, whatever we're measuring success by, and really lose focus of that team aspect. And that's that's all I'm encouraging us to do is keep keep an eye on. I've seen that. I've never understood why my older son has not had the year he wanted to have in football. He got injured before the first game and hasn't been able to play. And he's still a part of this team. Like, he's so... But I think I have been trying to figure out why he's had a good attitude throughout it. Like I expected a little bit more um, high school sass, let's say. Um, but I think it's because he's enjoying being a part of that team. And I don't think I've recognized the why behind that yet. So that's um, good for me to hear, to keep continuing to um, treat my kids, of course, as an individual, right? You got to define their own success. But when they are a part of that greater team to define what that means and what that looks like and where success comes from that. So I appreciate that perspective. Well, that's, uh, thank you. Um, That's great to hear. I I heard it said the other day, you know, in 20 years, no one's going to remember how many tackles you had, how many touchdowns you had, how many pancake blocks you made, how many home runs you hit in little league, but they're going to remember the character that you played with 
and the kind of person you were and the teammates you were. You know, we talk to our high school kids all the time about um, high school versus college. You know, this is the fun time. This, uh, these are the relationships that you're going to build. That and are when last. I hear people talk about their high school team, that's it's a special place in that's their heart. Right. I mean, it like, really is. Yeah. And, and and I'm an example. Like I'm doing this job because of the experience I had in high school. Right. It was fantastic. So the friendships and the bonds that we form are, are you know, last a lifetime. And uh, I just I tell them that. Think about that. You know, think about the teammate you're going to be. Um, we had some, we've had some recent success um, at, at Reedy High School, and we've shipped those seniors off to college, and they're freshmen now, and they've come back. and And the message this this weekend from one of our uh, former players was, "Enjoy this time," because. I say it all the time, but you have to go, you have to go right, right. You have to make experience it, experience it, right? it before, before my information is true. And he comes back and he says, that's a job. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not fun. You make this fun, make little league in middle school football. Oh my gosh, middle school football or middle school right. athletics in general is, is a blast. Right. Um, and then make high school fun because that's what we're here for. And uh, we're here to build those bonds and go through that adversity and, you know, have these examples so that we can pull from them as we live the adult crazy life that we're living now. So true. Well, I think it's time for us to get back to that crazy life. I appreciate you coming in today. And if you all want any more information about this, you'll find it on our website. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for having me. You can find any information about our speaker today at our church's website, which is www.standrewumc.org. So make sure to visit our website where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes so that you will never miss another show. And while you are at it, if you found any value in this podcast, then please leave us a review on iTunes or simply just tell a friend about this podcast. We would also like to thank the creative team at St. Andrew for all of their work in helping us make this podcast and us sounding intelligent. We love getting your questions and feedback, so be sure to send us any questions that you have to lift at strumc.org. Peace.